Today is May 19th. The Bucks took a short trip to the Motor City, splitting a series with the Tigers. Rich Hill bounce back start. Offense finally click Wednesday. Let's break it down and look forward to the weekend. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh, and also with me today, trying to mix up a little bit, my brother Jake. <laughs> What's up, Jake? Hey, man. What's going on? Well, here we are recording in the middle of the workday for me. little lunch break recording on Thursday. A little different. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm awake. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little hungry. This is typically when I go upstairs and make a shake for lunch. Yeah. So if I get hangry today, you understand <laughs> why that is a little bit. Also, a little bit interesting to get like out of work mode. Like I finished up a meeting connected to this. It was like you were going from one meeting to the next, except not work. <laughs> So there's like a little bit of a of a shift of mindset there. Sure. Uh, um, I assume I have to do the same, right? I have to get out of this and get into okay. Now I got to run some reports. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, little two game series, little uh, little Detroit. Uh, I tweeted during the series, and you're probably the best person, the best audience for a sentence like this, but. Watching those games in Detroit just made me want Little Caesars. There's just ads everywhere. They've got half of their fence, uh, their outfield fence is just orange with the pizza pizza guy. And I'm just like, <laughs> man, I, I I could, I mean, I can't, right? I can't eat Little Caesars right now. Um, so the last couple of times I've ordered Little Caesars, just gone straight to slices and sticks and told them, can you just do the whole thing in sticks? So it's the Italian cheese bread, but it's not like the thick, fluffy Italian cheese bread that they make. It's just like a cheese pizza with Italian seasoning on it with no sauce. And it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's so the phenomenal. Italian seasoning would probably trigger the parosmia yeah, for me right now. Absolutely. But like that's what I've been having to eat in order to get pizza is sauceless cheese pizza. Because mm -hmm. that's all I can stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Um, the little Caesars, little, I, it made me want that $5 holler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just made me crave it a little bit. Just every once in a while, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You get that feeling for it. Anyway, that's what it made me want. Uh, also made me, uh, Tuesday made me want to eat a ton of pizza just to drown my, uh, disgust for the offense. <laughs> and then Wednesday made me want to go get pizza to party. So either yeah. way, I'm getting pizza. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I mean, I did. I mean, one of them. Yeah. I ate ice cream for dinner yesterday, so. <laughs> Vanilla. Anyway, let's, uh, you want to do the game recaps and then just get into talking about the whole thing? Yeah. All right. Let me hit some game recaps up here. Woo, little, little guitar work there. <laughs> Loving it. Luis Ortiz making his second start of the season. Only makes it through three innings. 
seven hits, four runs, three earned runs, struck out three, but walked four. Still not showing what we were kind of hoping for from him. But Johan Ramirez comes in clutch, throwing three, two and a third innings with four strikeouts. Underwood finishes the last two and two thirds. Crazy. Both holding the Tigers scoreless and gave the offense time to, well, do nothing. Oh, for five with runners in scoring position again. Only one extra base hit in the game by Santana. Michael Lorenzen in his sweet custom Vans cleats. Coolest cleats in the game, in my opinion. Strikes out seven in six, and the Pirates don't score a single run. Shutout for a 4 nothing loss, and Eduardo Rodriguez up the next day. Obviously, Luis Ortiz getting tagged for a loss in that one. Second loss in as many starts. But on Wednesday, the story had to be different. On paper, it looked like a sweep, but that's why they play the games, Jake. The Bucks sent Rich to the hill. He goes six innings, giving up only one hit, two walks, striking out seven. Stevenson with a walk and two punch outs. Hernandez with two strikeouts. Moretta striking out the side. Tigers no hits in the final three innings. A shutout, but what about that offense again? Well, on Wednesday, it was eight runs on 14 hits and six for 17 with runners in scoring position. And our music's done. Do I just hit it again? Is that how we play this? Because this is a shorter one. This song's shorter. Roll it. Roll it back. Roll it back. Reynolds had three hits, including a double. Rodolfo Castro finally put in into the lineup. He gets an RBI single and a homer. Two hits and three RBIs with two outs. Three RBIs with two outs for Austin Hedges. And I said that right. I read the right name there. <laughs> a pair of hits for Connor Joe and Kutch as well. And yes, this was all against, well, not all, but this was against Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been one of the better pitchers this season. Knocking six hits and four runs in his five innings and tagging him with the L. Uh, the win going to Rich Hill. He's now 4-3 and three on the season. No holds given out since all three relievers pitched with an eight-run lead. There you go. There's your recap. That is funny because that song is is shorter. <laughs> so what is it here? It is only a minute 43. So definitely a shorter song there. I didn't think about that when I went through it. It's fine. I don't care. No. No. So we said Monday that you'd like to go into Detroit and get a sweep, even though we understand that like, hey, we've been struggling. You need to, I'm sorry, you, you would like to get a sweep, even though they've kind of been playing well. You knew you were going up against Eduardo Rodriguez. It was kind of flip-flopped, but you said you would accept a split on the road because you always would accept a split on the road with a two-game series. And that's exactly what they did. They split on the road. So kind of hard to have much else to say in a two-game series, but anything stick out to you like in the actual games? I know you have one thing um, about a certain 40 and 43-year-old. <laughs> that race to first base was classic. <laughs> Loved it. Like Rich Hill, Rich, <laughs> he hesitated off the mound too. Yeah. Like he didn't realize that he was going to get the, the uh, was it Santana was playing first? That yeah. Day, right? Yeah. He didn't realize he was going to lay out and dive for that ball. And he's like, oh, shoot, I got to go cover first. And I think then the sprint of yeah, the century began, the <laughs> which Miggy actually reached a faster speed. Yeah. But he had further to go. He right? had further to go. Yeah. Sneaky on that. Like sneaky good play, though. Like, I think we oh, all yeah. focused on the, the run and the race to first. But like Santana, that's a really nice play right there. 
and and the throw to the, feed yeah. yeah to feed Rich Hill was perfect. Probably perfect. made him go just as a little bit faster. Yeah, he led him perfect. Right at the belt high. He didn't have to do much. Just a little yeah. reach. You yep. know what I mean? With this right yep. hand lefty going that way. So it's an easier play for him to make. I think it would have been tough for a righty pitcher to backhand that. But really, I mean, sneaky good play, but hilarious. Uh, I think that, you know, there was a couple things, obviously, the Twitter. Yeah. The, the interaction between the two at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, Miggy they immediately. Just happened. Yeah, Miggy's fun in general. Yeah. Like, he's just a fun dude. So I think he kind of understood the the entire play as it happened and immediately was laughing. Rich Hill, the competitor he has kind of had to take a second to get out of game mode, right? And then yeah. then he could laugh about it. But yeah. Yeah, super funny moment there. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that I don't know, like some of the things that kind of stick out uh as far as like individual plays. Um, I thought the inning was a little entertaining where Key Brian Hayes gets gets a, a ball and kind of floats it over to Santana and he has to jump for it. And then he gets another one, and it's like not a clean throw because he had plenty of time and just kind of took it off or whatever. And then gets the third ground ball of the inning and had time. He could have very easily just done it again and had another interesting throw to first. And instead, he like takes two steps and throws a rocket to Santana, and <laughs> Santana throws his hands up like, you got it. <laughs> and it was it was actually like it's just those little things within baseball games that can happen that are so like, looked over yeah, and it's fun while then we don't have to think back about it i love those little things about about this game yeah so i don't know those are just i think those a couple fun moments that happened on wednesday uh obviously for a team getting shut out on tuesday you don't have those (laughs) as much because you're just so bent out of shape of why can't we hit why can't we hit um for the sake of whatever it is, like Lorenzen actually did look good and his numbers on the season aren't bad. He's been figuring some things out for a minute. I think he's been that kind of a pitcher looks good yeah. for a while and then maybe gets blown up or whatever. I know, you know, we've seen a lot of him in Cincinnati and a lot of it didn't work there. So you just don't know. Um, I think there's a lot too that Hedges double to center field is a home run in Boston. And I wonder how much of Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez's season is like that should have been an out. Yeah. Like he didn't make a great route to it. It hit off his glove. It was kind of like when you look at it from two different sides, from the offensive side, like Hedges hit that ball 101.5 or something like that. It went 399. It's a home run in nine parks, including Boston, which is why I say that. I think Boston was one of them. And so like from the offensive side of things, like, yeah, he deserved a double right there. From the defensive side, like, that was a bad route. It was poor effort. He had to reach for the ball. It hit his glove, and he didn't come down with it. He was kind of off balance on the play. The difficulty of the play when he got to the ball, it was difficult. I could see you not calling that an error. The fact that he created the difficulty by making a bad route and a bad read makes you kind of feel like that should be an error. You know what I mean? And there were two outs, which means those for Eduardo Rodriguez, those go as two unearned runs if they call that an error. So there's like all kinds of ways you can look at that play and say, in a nutshell, that should have been an error, but they're not counting errors this year, right? They're just not doing it. And of course, we made the statement before and 
Gary and I had a little back and forth laughing about this where he said, that should have been an error. And I said, you know, kudos to Hedges. Like, he earned a hit there. And he said, sure. And I said, they're just not counting errors this year. And he made the same point that we've made on this show. Why aren't they counting errors? Well, because they want their new rule changes to look better. They yeah. want to create more offense. So they're that's how they're creating more offense, by not counting errors. I mean, we've seen that benefit our defenders and hurt our pitchers. Jiwan Bay's made two plays this year that should have been errors and weren't counted as errors. I think we had one other one, and I can't I think I think of who it was, but um I think it was Matthias that should have been an error and they didn't count it as an error. Um so yeah, there there's a lot of like weird ones. And that was one of those weird in-betweens that if you're the center fielder, you're like, Yeah, I should have had that. That was that was a bad play. If you're the outfield coach, you say, Man, we gotta tighten up that read, we gotta tighten up that route. That's a yeah. bad play. If you're a pitcher, you say, gosh, you got to have that. I don't want those tagged to my runs, right? And if you're on offense, you're like, come on, man, I hit it 399 on the nose. I should yeah. get a double. Smoked it. Yep. <laughs> but it's just, you know, there's a lot of fields where that ball hits off the wall. In PNC Park, that ball is not a home run, but I bet it hits off the wall, and I bet it mm-hmm. creates a new challenge because you're going into the warning track and I think you do call that a clean double at PNC Park because of the, the difficulty is a lot harder. Where when you've got all kinds of room at, at Comerica, yeah, that should that ball has to be it should have been an error. Yeah. Anyway, and it's funny that the very next one, Key Brian Hayes hits at 102.7 on the nose, and just it goes right. It is right, it's an easy play. And it's like he deserved every bit of a hit that that Hedges did and, and isn't getting yeah. one. So you know, baseball's not fair. You and I looked at this uh, when we were talking last night. Every ball by all of our players uh, on the Pirates, 14 hits. Every ball that was hit over 100 miles an hour that had an expected batting average over 500 or over 400 maybe even, even some of them lower than that. We yeah. all got hits on the balls that we hit hard and should have got hits on except for Key Brian Hayes, who gets two hits like that and neither one. He could have been two for five in this game. He hit three over 95, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think that... Isn't it over 95? That's a hard hit, but the expected batting average on the third hit was like 320. So even though that's a good batting average, that means more times than not you're getting out on it, so I'm okay with that. But he had two of them over 500, Everybody else on the team got their hits when they felt like they should have, except for <laughs> Key. I'm not going to run this thing into the ground. I, I made, If you guys didn't hear the piece on Key, I forget what episode it was, but it was a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think he's the picture on the thumbnail if you're looking on YouTube. If you're not, I think I don't know if I mentioned it, but either way, uh, look for it. I did a piece at the end of an episode. It's, it's one of the ones where I was alone. So if you hear me start it by saying it was a solo episode, and it was a Monday episode for sure. But check that out because I did my piece on Key and I don't have to go through it again. It's something we're going to watch throughout the year. It's not something we're going to say, oh, I did that two weeks ago. Has it shown? No, this is a season-long thing. We're going to look at this thing. It's going to be a big-picture thing that we're going to look at. At the end of the year, you're going to say, well, he had an unlucky year, or you're going to say, it evened out. You know what I mean? And maybe it won't. Maybe he will become one of the most unlucky hitters in the history of baseball. Uh, And that's very possible because baseball is very hard. And just yeah. because you hit the ball hard doesn't mean you're going to get a hit. Um, just look at his day. He hit the ball better than 
uh, probably 75% of our lineup and he was over five and everybody else got it. I mean, Owings got a hit on a 30 mile an hour bunt and did not get any other hits. So like sometimes, you know, you're on the good side of things. Yeah. Um, let's see what else here. Robert Stevenson, sneaky man. Uh, he's down to a 164 ERA. Not much to say here, but I think it's worth just saying that, you know, we called for him to be removed from the opening day roster before he was hurt and was actually removed. We called for him to maybe not be offered arbitration. Yeah. And, um, you know, open mouth, insert foot. The guy's showing up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he looks pretty good, man. And it's not luck. Like, you're seeing good pitches, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Location, movement, it's good. Yeah. He's, his fastball's hot. I mean, it has been, but like the breaking ball, he's snapping good. And I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? What do you what do you think about uh Kutch has now batted lead off a couple times? How do we feel about that? Because I don't mind it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't mind it. Um you know, you, you, you view McCutcheon typically as like an RBI guy. Uh, at least that's what we've been doing with him all year. He's batting three or four. Now, all of a sudden, let's let's get him in the mix there in the leadoff spot. And I got no issues with it, man. He can still run. His he's hitting the ball. He's not striking out a ton this year. What is your what is your uh, leadoff hitter? We had Daniel Vogel back at leadoff yeah. at, at points last year. Who is your leadoff hitter? What does he do well? And what do you like from the leadoff position? And I think that this is like you mentioned, he runs fast. I don't care if he runs fast at the leadoff spot. I really don't. Get on base. Now, I don't want him to Daniel Vogelback block the base paths. And right, right. I don't think we've sent anybody to leadoff this year that has done that. Like, certainly not Cruz. Certainly not. I mean, Key Brian Hayes and, and Kutch probably somewhere in the same realm right now. I mean, Kutch is still running well. Key, I think, runs mm-hmm. better than I think a lot of people think. I don't really know. I think Kutch is probably still faster than Key, but like, you know, I the question is, is, is Key Brian a good leadoff hitter too? You know what I mean? I We don't really know. I mean, he can't hit 230 and be a leadoff hitter, and he's not really getting on base because he's he's hitting the ball well. He's just not getting on. Right. So I don't I don't really know. How, like where I'm at with him batting there. Um, but Kutch is getting on base. And I think that's a big thing. He's doing it with hits. He's doing it with walks. He gets on base. I really like that. This team is missing. I don't think that Cruz necessarily gets on base. Like you're going to see somebody like Kutch. Yeah. I mean, this is a, I, I think it's a good move if he responds well. And so far he has, if he responds well, I like it. I don't know I, why this isn't, I, maybe we should just stick to this for a while. Yeah. I, I would like to see maybe Marcano get his share there. G1 Bay stands no chance. I mean, this guy, I'm surprised he's even I, in the lineup every day, let alone batting leadoff. That's that's a mis- huge mistake. I mean, this guy would, can't hit. I wouldn't mind seeing Sawinski get some looks there. I mean, dude walks all the time. That's he interesting, gets on too. base all the time. Yeah, and does it change the way you're being pitched to a little bit? Do you think maybe... If they attack the zone a little bit more against him, he gets walked less. If so... Does he start hitting more... Just hitting more? Yeah, but the thing is, is the swing and miss still exists. And so if he's still swinging and missing a lot and they're attacking the zone, it might actually play poorly. It could. It could. Where if he's got somebody behind him that you'd rather face, then I think you're going to stay off the plate. 
So you're kind of protecting him by putting somebody behind him that's not as good. Where if Brian Reynolds is behind me, I'm going to say, I'm going to challenge you with a fastball down the middle. Sure, his he might get an uptick in home runs, but he also may get on base a lot less and not it might strike out even more. You know what I'm saying? Because because yeah. the swing and miss is there regardless of like when the ball's in the zone, he's still swinging and missing it. I think you will see more production in the home run department, but you'll also see more strikeouts. So it just depends on who you want. And from the leadoff spot, I'm just not sure. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting though. That's a it's an interesting thought. Um, Marcano, obviously I could see, you know, anytime he gets Mm -hmm. hot, put him up there. I don't know. That's about it. It is kind of a team without a leadoff hitter in a way, but the way you look at that is it depends on what you like from a leadoff hitter. Right. So I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a ton of complaints with our lineups this year, like I have in the past. Right. With you know, maybe one exception that we're going to get into. And I think uh, it's a good segue. And I think to piggyback off of that, um, maybe our understanding of of lineup construction across baseball helps us cope with the idea that our lineup changes all the time. When you realize that it's an industry standard, I think it changes your complaint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, everyone else is doing it too? Okay, so then I'm not going after Shelton for this. It's just the problem I have with baseball right now. Yeah. And that's fine. If that's a problem you have with baseball, that's one thing. But when you direct it to Shelton or Sherrington, you're just off base. Your 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 argument sucks. It's not their problem. It's right. everybody's problem. So it's either you don't like the way baseballs go. It's like saying, I don't like the opener. You know what I mean? You don't hate your guy for doing it. You hate right. everyone for doing it. Yeah. And sure. I'll fall into that category. Yeah. And you can say, and you can say, like, I wish my team didn't do that. Right. And so the mm-hmm. same thing with the lineups. I wish we didn't do what everyone else is doing. I wish we were different. I wish we still played 1990s baseball. That's a fair argument. I think yeah. a lot of people would say, well, <laughs> that's because that's opinion. Right. Yeah. But the fact is, everyone's doing this with these lineups. And so it's either get over it and say, this is baseball and I don't like baseball doing this, or it's, you know, stop making your argument because it's, it's worthless. It's, you know, it's not a Derek Shelton thing. This is a baseball thing. Um, Like I said, your argument is better fit by saying, I don't like that my team go figure. There's another notification. Um, Focus mode. Um, yeah, it, that's kind of what it is. It, the funny thing is it's from Katie and she knows I'm recording. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Anyway. She also knows you usually turn it on focus. Ah, now. good point. So with that said about lineups, why the heck are we not playing Rodolfo Castro? Yeah, I don't get it. How in the world do you take a guy who struggled at shortstop defense? Not anywhere else, guys. Nowhere else. Just shortstop. Struggled at shortstop defense. Once again, shortstop. If you're saying that he's terrible on defense, you're wrong. He's terrible at shortstop. <laughs> yeah. And actually not even terrible. He's just made the the routine costly ones. Yeah. The ones when you can't make an error, he's making an error. I got an idea. Let's not start this guy. Let's put him into a pinch hit situation and then put him on the field when he has the opportunity to make a costly error. <laughs> I would much rather see... 
Castro's start and be replaced by by Owings to for late inning defense. Yeah, a hundred percent of the time. Get yeah. me the offense early, and get me the defense late. And yeah. if we're still behind, keep the offense in the game. Yeah. Yep. But they're just to me the the approaches. Is Rodolfo Castro a better hitter against left-handed pitchers? Yes. I want to be very clear about something. He is a better hitter against left-handed pitchers. Does he still pose a threat against right-handed pitchers? Yes. He's just not going to be as consistent. The reason I said I want to be specific about something is you don't make this argument by saying he's a better right-handed hitter. He's a fine left-handed hitter. His swing is fine. It's... The, everything looks like it's there. The technique, it, it doesn't look awkward. It's not an awkward left-handed swing. If you remember the conversation about Neil Walker, his swing did not look as good right-handed. He looked a bit uncomfortable because he didn't do it very often. There were actual reasons for people to say, you should probably just hit left-handed, right? The problem is, is it's not about and, and you'll listen to Neil Walker. He'll say, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I struggle against left-handed pitching, not I struggle to hit right-handed. So I'm actually going to liken this to, I mean, much different scale, right? Much different scale. But I'm going to liken this to myself. I was a switch hitter in high school. And I struggled. When I started going down this way where I was struggling hitting, my coach came to me and said, here's the deal. You take 50% of your BP swings left-handed and 50% of your BP swings right-handed. You barely ever hit right-handed because there's much less lefties, especially in high school. He said, you're going to hit left-handed only. Now, my swing was better left-handed. That's why he picked left-handed. I had holes in my right-handed swing. Too many fly balls. Isn't that hilarious that we say too many fly balls? <laughs> now everybody's saying hit the, hit the ball in the air. Anyway. Too many fly balls. So he said, you're going to work only on left-handed because you're going to become a better hitter left-handed because you're going to see more right-handed pitchers. What did that mean? When I went up against lefties, it was rough. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't practicing on one side. And the, the thing is, is like, he's the opposite. He's hitting lefties, which is the one that you do less often. He's getting the reps against righties all the time. Get him the reps. Yeah. He will get better. And even if he doesn't, his OPS plus is better than G1 Bay's. Now, Bay just recently had a decent game, so that's going to fluctuate for him. You know how he does. Three hits in one game, no hits in seven. And the thing is, is like they're the same hitter. G1 Bay, by the way, is better against lefties. Even as a left-handed hitter, his numbers yeah. are all better against lefties. So... Saying that he should be playing second above Castro when you also can say if Castro goes one for eight in a two-game span but hits a two-run homer, he's better than Jiwan Bay who bunted once and got thrown out trying to steal second. I'm sorry. And he's better at defense at second base than Bay is too. Yeah. You, you get a superior defender in Castro. Oh, believe that or not, not at shortstop, guys. It's second base. He's a better second baseman than Bay. Now, Marcano is better than both of them, I yeah. think. I think he is. Yeah. And I even think Marcano is a better shortstop. I just think his arm is not good. Hey, our shortstop's hurt. I'd rather put Marcano Mar Mar at shortstop almost every day. And then late in the game, if we have the lead, you put Marcano at second, you take Castro out, and you put Owings in. Yeah. 
That's how I, I do this that. thing. I want yeah. Castro's bat in the lineup. Yeah, for sure. Yes, he's better against lefties, but he's still better than Bay against righties, in my opinion, because of the potential danger. And if he starts clicking, he's going to hit the ball. Yeah. He still hits the ball hard when he's batting left-handed against right-handed pitching. So let it happen. Sorry, that's my rant. Castro needs to be in the lineup. It's You put him in the lineup, we scored eight runs. Now, I know that they weren't all him, but it's just another hitter. You, didn't even, you didn't even have Swinsky in that lineup because it was a lefty. Right. Uh, just to me, it's Bay. Get, even when they put Castro in, Bay played center field. He gets to play every day. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't get it. I, I really don't like. I think Bay has a lot of potential, but he's not there. No, no. And it's just the fact that he's struggling right now as well. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're gonna take Castro out of the lineup because he's struggling. And, and play Bay every day. I just don't know what he's offering when he's hurting us on defense a lot of times. The outfield defense for Bay is going to get better. He's a he's an athlete. He's going to yeah. get better reads. He's going to get better routes. I'm not saying long term. I don't no. dislike Bay long term. This is not, not a this is not a, a a Van Meter argument. This is not not in any no, not stretch a, of the no, imagination. Not, a, not even close. No. But he's struggling as well, and we continue to send... Dude, the pitches that he's swinging at is so frustrating, and he's swinging as hard as he can. You're not Pete Alonzo, dude. You need to calm down a little bit. I, You know, I was going to yeah. say Shohei Otani because their swings are similar, but I didn't want to just be like, I'm, I can't only compare the guy to another Asian player. That's dumb, right? Right. But, like, you're just... Like, just stop. Like, just hit the ball. Like... You get your better base hits when you slap backside. Just keep doing that, man. Yeah, and that's what he does against lefties. Right, he just exactly. Stays on the ball and just slaps it the other way. Yeah, and Stay if you on the ball, they show that and clip. Drive the ball up the middle, hundred percent. Unless you're key, stop driving the ball up the middle because you're getting out. You need to stay between that first and second base ground ball hit that he did the other day, ninety-seven mile an hour between them, or he needs to pull the ball down the line or something. He's hitting everything to center field right at the center fielder 170 <laughs> miles an hour, like on a line, right? Yeah. But anyway, I think that's good there. Let's let's get on to everything else here. Standings, Pirates are one game behind the Brewers. <laughs> I mean, we're still there. I, we're going to talk about standings as long as we're in the mix. We're still a playoff team right now. We've got a wild card spot. Interestingly enough, the Cardinals are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And they're still in last place in the National League. By the way, they've scored more runs than any other NL Central team, and they're in last place. Uh, the, the Cardinals are, they just brought up Libertor, by the way, again. So, like, they're going to start bringing these pitchers up. He's going to get another shot to be what everybody thinks he's going to be. Cardinals still have a run in them. It's oh, going to yeah. be, they're going to shake things up. Pirates are 3-11 and so far this month. They're still three games over 500 somehow. But we have nine games against good teams coming. So this could still be an ugly month, even if we start doing well. Let's talk about those Diamondbacks and get out of here, okay? Mm -hmm. Second place in the West behind the Dodgers, twenty-five and nineteen, and six and four in their last ten. They scored a ton of runs, guys. We're in the one eighties; they're in the two twenties. Like this team is gonna score runs. We got some tough customers coming into town. The fact that we're at home, I like. Um, but this team is good. They're a good young team. I don't think they're going to stay where they're at right now this year, but they could because the talent is there. A lot like the Pirates, a lot like some of the young teams that we see. Like, look at what Tampa's doing right now. Like, 
we didn't even have them making the playoffs this year. Like they're a young team. You just don't know what you're going to get. If they click, they're a good team. And mm-hmm. I think the Diamondbacks are there too. I really had them. I think we had them both. We had them both had them finishing third in the division, thinking they're coming, but they're not quite Dodgers and Padres. But the Padres haven't been playing well. So right now they're sitting in second. Um, and we have some. I mean, if we could face probably the worst pitching matchups from the Diamondbacks, we're going to do that. Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly coming into town. Zach Gallen is the is is against Oviedo tonight on Friday night. Nothing short of incredible. He's a Cy Young finalist. He's the Cy Young if they ended the season today. He's six and one with a 235, 70 strikeouts and 57 and a third. He's walked just eight. 70 strikeouts and eight walks. He's only given up two homers, and they were in the same game. Nine games this year. He eight of them completely homerless. And here's the thing. The first two games of the season, he gave up five runs to the Dodgers, four against San Diego. The, both homers were in San Diego that day. Since then, the seven starts, nine runs uh, in the first two games, six in those seven starts. And four of them after those first two games, four scoreless outings. And then he's given up you know, little runs here and there. A couple quality starts his last two games against Miami and San Francisco. Last start against San Francisco was seven and two-thirds, five hits, six Ks, two walks, and two runs. Um, he's awesome. He's a dude. Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm hoping to see the Pirates take a look at that, specifically that eight-walk. Yeah. Let's attack. Dude's <laughs> going to come to the zone. That's a good point. Let's, let's attack. Don't wait for your walks against this guy. Right. Get, get, get your fastball that he's going to lay on the outside corner and drive it the other way. Yeah, quick note here. Uh, signed by the Cardinals originally, traded to Miami with Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara, however you say that name, for and two other guys for Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> Oops. And the and the Cardinals Oops. can't pitch. And the Cardinals can't pitch. And then Miami traded him to Arizona for Jazz Chisholm. So like that's the pedigree this guy's on. Yeah. Saturday, Mitch Keller will go up against Brandon Fott, and that is P-F-A-A-D-T. Fott. That's like saying Mitch Keller pronounces his name Smith, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite that much, but... (laughs) Uh, He's a rookie. He's only pitched in three games so far. He was their number three prospect coming into the season behind Jordan Lawler and Drew Jones. (laughs) So two elite prospects. Um, he's 0-1 with an 859 ERA. His last outing was a lot better, though. He got tagged pretty hard in his first two. Seven runs and six runs in those games against Texas and Miami, giving up six home runs in those first two games and walking. Uh, I actually only walked three, six strikeouts. But five innings, one hit, one run. It was a solo homer against San Francisco. He did walk three, uh, but had five strikeouts. So... A little bit better his last time out. Young kid looks about 15 years old. Um, but we've got Keller going. I like our chances in that game. Uh, but not mostly just because Keller's pitching. Uh, but, I mean, because you just don't know what you're going to get from this kid. Yeah. And then Sunday, it's it's Rowanzi and Merrill Kelly, which I think is a really good matchup, too. I think they're favored, obviously, Friday night. But you could still get this series... If you get good, a good start from Keller and you can get to Fott and then get a good start from Rowanzi, it's going to be on Rowanzi there. Mm-hmm. Um, veteran Merrill Kelly pitched for Team USA this year, 292 ERA and nine starts, 55 strikeouts, only five home runs. I mean, he, 
pitched in Oakland last time. So nine strikeouts, a walks, two hits, and a run. But he was, you know, pitching to Oakland. 200 innings pitched last season, 337. This guy's good. Yeah. He's a good pitcher. So we've got a tough, tough matchup. Uh, They're not a slouch offensively either. Corbin Carroll, speed, six home runs. Christian Walker has 10. And they a great offensive season so far from Cattell Marte, uh, Gabriel Moreno, the guy they got in the Varsho trade. Uh, Guriel Jr.'s going off on it. Guriel Jr.'s been good. Terror. Geraldo Perdomo is their war leader yeah. right now. I mean, he's really good. So, like, they've got a good team. Diego Castillo's in the minors. So, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, they got a good team here. Um, this is a tough customer here. I think we're going to try to cover these teams a little bit more, knowing what we're going up against coming into it. So, I, I did a little more looking into this team. Uh, it's going to be a great series. If we can come out on top of this series, I, it's going to be a big statement, I think. Like mm-hmm. this, we're facing the the toughest part of their of their staff, yeah. especially with Fought being an unknown. I think that plays sure. like making it more difficult. You've got three starts, two of them were awful. You don't know how he's gonna look. Really, he could be great. Right. Yeah. So you know, but you got to. That's a game you have to win. Period. Yeah. When you got Keller yeah, going gotta, up against the young rookie, you have to win game two. And mm-hmm. then you just hope to take one of those other two. If you don't, it's kind of like, yeah, it's okay, though. We won the game we needed to, and they're really good. But if you take the series, I think it's a big I think it's a big statement. Whatever, whoever they get to, whether it's Gallon or Kelly, and if Oviedo or Rowanzi pitches well, I think that's a storyline. I think that's your storyline. If you can get one of those two games, I think that's a storyline. Mm-hmm. Six-game homestand against the Diamondbacks and Rangers. These guys score a lot of runs. Um, it's going to be a tough homestand, but... Right now, we're looking forward to those Diamondbacks. Let's see if we can get a series this weekend. You got anything on the Diamondbacks there that you didn't say? Corbin Carroll super fast. What else? Um, you got. I mean, you got Merrill Kelly, who's on the WBC team for America. I mean, th- th- these dudes are no joke. I mean, I think we've we've covered it pretty well, but they're no joke. Yeah. Let's let's attack. Let's attack the the you know that first game. Let's attack him and. Yeah, I mean, they were in first... Hopefully we can get good pitches to hit. Yeah, they were in first place for a while, and it felt like, yeah, but everybody's kind of down. And the the Dodgers have taken over first place there, but they've also been playing better. It's not that they started playing bad. It's just the Dodgers are who they are, and they jumped way up. But, I mean, like I said, they're they're still 25-19. and They're still a good team, and I think they're going to be in the mix for most of the season. I still think the Padres overtake them. Um, but I mean, when I look at this lineup, I see a possibility that they don't, if the Padres are going to start, uh, having the Mets are going to met Padres might start having a little cliche about their team too. Right. Can't just spend a bunch of money and then all of a sudden win games because you spent money. Right. You got to actually play the games and do well. And right now the Diamondbacks are doing that more often than the Padres. I think a big thing going into this series is that we got to win on a game in a game that Mitch Keller didn't start. Right. It's been a minute. It's been a minute and that's the big thing. And and the thing is is like we are at another like this is another start from Mitch Keller where it's you kind of feel the pressure like you have to win this game. Yeah. To avoid a sweep again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and at least this time I would say yeah but Maybe that's okay, knowing like they're just a year or two ahead of us in their rebuild. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, probably two years because they 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 showed signs of this last year. They're probably like really on the Baltimore trajectory of things where they're a mm-hmm. couple of years 
ahead of like they started their thing a couple years before the pirates started theirs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but they've kind of been interesting about it. Not quite the same blueprint that Baltimore and Pittsburgh are using. Um, but either way, good team. Yeah. It's I think it's gonna be exciting to see some of these guys play in Pittsburgh too. I think just to see some of the talent and some of the guys that we're kind of comparing our guys to. Mm-hmm talent level and and like what are we missing christian walker that's a huge thing that the pirates just don't have right now just a a, a bopper playing first base yeah. you know all right let's get out of here it's been long enough uh we've got things to do today yep all right guys enjoy your weekend we'll talk to you again on monday but hopefully we can get a series win this weekend uh let's go bucks yeah let's go bucks Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!